and gentlemen, boys and girls. I I I don't know how to start off this show, but this is Sports Society, the show that never ends. Um, there's been a screw job. There has literally been a screw job. Um, we have JT, we have the Tolor brothers coming in, but I'm gonna brief you guys on what's just occurred. Super Bowl 57 is gonna be the brunt of this podcast, I'm sure. Um, and I'm gonna start off by saying this: a fantastic game, a great back and forth. I was looking forward to a fantastic finish, and and then once again, NFL referees have screwed the NFL playoffs. If you didn't catch the play, Patrick Mahomes, it's it's third and eight. Patrick Mahomes is getting pressured um, as he drops back by the Eagles um, D-line, who, by the way, had been playing a mediocre game at the time. That's what we're going to say. They've been playing mediocre. Um, and the Chiefs O-line had their way with them. But this time in particular, the Chiefs defense breaks through, and Patrick Mahomes is under pressure, and so he airs out a pass to really the only receiver that he has that we can see on screen, which is Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju kind of makes a double move, and then he breaks to the end zone where the throw is, okay? But the throw is airmailed. It's way gone. Tyreek Hill is not catching this pass, okay? And it looks like Juju is a little bit slow to start accelerating towards the ball. A flag's thrown. They call it defensive holding on Bradbury, who I think was, uh, I believe, was the one in coverage on Juju Smith-Schuster. You look on the replay, absolutely nothing. A complete screw job um, of refereeing. It should have been a no call. It looked bad just because the throw was so far over his head that it looked like Juju wasn't even trying. And, and he slowed down so much that it looked like there had to have been some sort of physical interaction. You look at it on the replay, there's nothing there. And so the Chiefs, um, the Chiefs obviously um, get the first. They would go on to take a knee, run down the clock all the way, and Butker makes the field goal, and that's wraps. And um, that's the summary I'm going to give. We're going to bring these two degenerates in. Uh, it's going to make for a really, really great, great podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy. Here is the Talor Brothers. Gentlemen. Gentlemen. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. They are connecting right now. Luke Talor in your top left, locked and loaded. Jack Talor uh, in the bottom. Jack looks a tad out of it. Jack, were you celebrating the Super Bowl in some way? Can we get some audio, JT? Speak. Jack? Jack is the audio. <laughs> All right, Luke, Luke. Luke, you're gonna have to take over for your brother right now. Luke. <laughs> all right, all right. How's it going, my friend? You know what? I had some time to. Uh... No, but before before we get into the show, I, I want to ask you how you're doing personally because you are a friend of the pod and you've helped me out on numerous occasions. Tonight, even we had a little bit of a delay, and these two have been really, really excellent about it. And so I I do appreciate you guys um, really sticking it out, and I think it's gonna make for a great podcast. Absolutely. I'm glad to be back. 
JT, I was I, asking before, and we're going to get to Luke and how he's doing, but JT, were you celebrating the Super Bowl a little bit? I mean, you look a little bit. I I was not. Looks can be deceiving. Um, I have a lot to say about the, in particular, the final drive. Yeah, and because, we're going to get into that, JT. We're going to get into it because I want to save that for when we, yes. we go through the game because I think there is a lot more to talk about with the game. I feel like it was a back and forth, and we can get into that. But uh, I that totally means- agree. Perfect. Luke, how are you doing, my friend? No, I'm a little tired. You know, I got I got to be at school in eight hours. Um, I have a test tomorrow that I'm probably going to bomb. But you know what? We're living. Let's go. <laughs> Not me. Guess who just got off? Social pro. Nah, I'm fucking around. Um, I'm probably most definitely going to miss all my classes tomorrow because it has been a very productive night for me. Perfect. You've been doing a lot of work, JT? Uh, if you count Bud Light Seltzers, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, this is what I was talking about, JT. This is what I mean. You were celebrating the uh, the Super Bowl. I was trying to enjoy it to the fullest. Okay. Okay. Hey, well, there we go. Um, hey. You know what? Hey, I'm gonna. I got a DoorDash order. I'm gonna pick up on this phone call. All right. Perfect. <laughs> Join us back whenever you can, JT. Two minutes. <laughs> and just as quickly as he arrived, JT is now gone. He is heading to the DoorDash order. Um, it is just me and Luke now, one v one. Luke. Oh, I mean, can what? you blame him? Rose what? hurts. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, but I mean, it just makes for for a really, really special podcast. Um, thank you all for listening to the show. And and uh, Luke, w- we can begin with the NBA if you'd like. I would love to. I'd love okay. to. So let's do it. So let's do that. So I want to preface this by saying the the show before this on Thursday, Jack and I are um, doing the pod, right? We post the pod Thursday, not even a couple of hours after we post that podcast. um, Kyrie Irving is traded to the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. He is traded. um, And that was, that was the dead. That was on the deadline, right? That was on the deadline. I thought, I thought he got traded on Wednesday. Am I wrong? Oh, that's okay. Because yeah, yeah, we filmed the podcast Wednesday. He got traded Wednesday night after that. Yes, this is what we're yeah. talking about. Wednesday night after that, Kyrie Irving is traded to the Mavericks, right? Because that makes for a um, crazy Thursday that would partake later. Um, but we can get into the details of this, this per- trade in particular, uh, if you don't mind. And we can kind of analyze and see if this was a good deal for both teams. Um, just eyeballing it. Do, who do you think won the won the trade? Well, not only do I think they won this trade, um, I think the Brooklyn Nets won the entire trade deadline. Okay, really? And <laughs> I'm back. Twenty piece. That's a twenty piece. Oh my god, this is awesome. <laughs> but, now, when I look when I look at the Nets, I, I see. I don't care about like how shitty their front office apparently is because I heard it's an absolute shit show over there. But when I look at the situation they're put in, when both these guys are like, I kind of want out. I'm like, they. I think they made the complete most of what they could get out of. 
Yeah. Uh, I Kyrie Irving because Kyrie Irving is a phenomenal player. Probably, probably the most skilled player in the NBA. Right? When I, That's a good take. And when he is on the court, he is undoubtedly top three point guard in the league. Not even close. Well, you can make the case that Luke is number two. You can make that case. I will see. That's what I'm going to get at. See, when I look, see, like when I think of Kyrie Irving, I'm like, this dude's going to give you at least a 25 piece on a very good efficiency. He's going to pass the ball well. He's going to make a lot of space. Like he does that for you. And, but he's kind of like, you know, the Kanye of, NBA, where you just get canceled every month. I, I'm I was going to say that. That is an absolute accurate statement. Oh yeah. Um, I I don't know who is in the bottom of my screen right now, because that's certainly not Jack Talor. Anyway. No, um, it's me. That's, it's me. <laughs> I'm going to go into a little quick tangent about Kyrie Irving, uh, because he is cancer for your basketball team. Okay. <laughs> this guy has one championship. Um, and it's because of LeBron James. Okay, he hit he had a great shot in Game Seven. He did. But what were the Cavaliers before LeBron James got there? Okay, they were a team that was missing out on the playoffs year after year. LeBron gets there, instantly um, become title. I, I wouldn't say favorites, but they're in the conversation for sure. They're in the conversation for sure. Kyrie Irving helps LeBron out. There's no doubt about that. In their championship run, they come back three one. Other than that. Think about the teams that Kyrie has been handed, okay? The Celtics, who I know that they were young at the time and they're better now, but with that squad, Kyrie Irving should have been able to win more games than he did, um, and it's for that reason that I think he failed in Boston. He said he would come back. He didn't. Um, and then after that, obviously, um, was that after that he, ended, he went to the Brooklyn Nets, and it just, um, man, I, I just, uh, I was disappointed with the way the Brooklyn Nets were. That that will be a 30 for 30. The way um, Kendrick Perkins posted the picture of Harden, Irving, and, um, and KD in the same picture. And the fact that they played 16 games together, uh, it, it baffles me. And it's one of the biggest wasted opportunities um, of all time. And, and it goes to show that even though they won this trade deadline, I think um, that Nets fans have to be hurting. They have to be hurting. Yeah. So here's what I would say about the Nets, right? The Nets with – this is goes for both. We'll get into the KD trade probably later. Just like we, will. That we will certainly get into that trade. When yeah. you, took, you took KD and Kyrie Irving, they weren't even playing together basically. Either one was hurt or one was canceled or one was meditating. <laughs> one was not vaccinated. Yeah, one wasn't vaccinated. One was meditating. Like it, it was you know just Kyrie like, Irving is Kyrie Irving is the Aaron Rodgers of the NBA. That's who he is. Except Aaron Rodgers doesn't say racist stuff about Jewish people on Twitter. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers also does Percocet. <laughs> and that's why he's the best player of all time. Nothing but, says best like a four-day trip in the woods. But basically, they turned Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, they turned him into seven first-round picks, I think close to ten second-round picks, and you got 
Macau Bridges and Cam Johnson, along with Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. Like those are four very solid. Jay Crowder too. More players. Yeah, no one said this team, this Brooklyn team, would not be fun after Katie and Kyrie got traded. They still got characters. Yeah. And they can still make a playoff push. I fully believe in that. You know why they will is because this is a team now. This is not um it, I this is not a show. It's not it's not a uh Harlem Globetrotters show. It's a it's a actual basketball team that can go into your arena and they can defend and they can shoot and they'll pass the ball and share the ball. And this is what makes winning teams. And it's the reason why the Golden State Warriors have had the most success out of any team, because although they have stars, if you see the way they pass the rock, they share, they move, they they act as a team and they defend as a team. And I'll go ahead and mesh the Sacramento Kings in there with that too, because this season they have been one of the surprise teams in the leagues. I'm very excited to see what this team holds with um the bonus leading and uh, Kevin Herter and stuff. Like this, that team's got a lot of interest from me. Big um, jump. They, they definitely, they definitely play the same way you described the Warriors. You know, they don't have this one single player that's making all the clutch shots and stuff. Everyone's operating as their own unit. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. When I look at this from the Mavericks perspective, what the fuck are you doing? You are already the worst defending team in the NBA, and you add a guy who doesn't give a rat's Sure, Luka and Kyrie are going to give you 65, 70 points a night. That's great. That's awesome. They're going to give up about 100. (laughs) They will. Like, Luka is... A personal – I'm pretty sure he's a, he's a fan favorite in the NBA, I would say. Sure. I don't really know a guy who's like, man, I fucking hate Luka Doncic and his guts. Like, yeah. everyone loves to see him play. Like, he's he's awesome. And just, like, mixing those personality guys, I don't know how it's going to work. I just don't. You traded away your best defender and Dorian Finney-Smith, who is a walking 40% from three, by the way. Yeah. He's a walking He's a good 40%. shooter. The Brooklyn Nets, by the way, are the easily best shooting team in the NBA now. It's not even close. For sure. I would agree and with that. I was looking at their lineup. I agree. Claxton bangs. You don't want this rate. Yeah. And, like, it's Mavericks, I just don't know. I, I get it. Luca was like, give me some fucking help. But I don't think I would rather you spend the extra – first round pick and maybe even throw in like a like a pick swap or like a, even a another little role player and get Kevin Durant. Yeah. Get him as Kyrie. Because Kevin Durant feels a much Kevin Durant's gonna play some defense first off. He's not the best defender in the world, but he's gonna play some defense. And he's gonna benefit a lot more than having two extremely ball heavy dribbling guys. With with this trade um, that the Phoenix Suns have just made. They have just become arguably with the Mavs, the most top-heavy team in the entire NBA. Uh, Absolutely. You, you look at their starting five, and then maybe like they got like six guys. They have six dudes. So let's look. Let's dive into it. They've got Chris Paul. They've got Devin Booker. They have Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton. Okay. Those four, those are, that's a solid four. Okay. 
Then you get a little dicey with Cameron Payne. I hate Cameron Payne. Um, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. He is their fifth, <laughs> probably the fifth best player. You have Damian Lee, who is a little washed. I'm not going to lie, a little washed. TJ Warren also Whoa. got traded, but since the bu- bubble, he hasn't been the same. When was That's- Damian Lee ever good? He was all right <laughs> with the Knicks. He was all right with you the Knicks. You can't be washed if you were never good. He was all right with the Knicks. Come on. Give him the respect. He was a good three-point shooter on the Knicks. He was a walking eight and four, okay? I don't give a (laughs) shit about him. He was never a good player. This is what I'm saying, though. Everybody else, Shemet, this is the only – have Torrey Craig, Darius Baisley. Like, these are dudes that are like, come on, man. I mean, after these – Rodgers on my team. This is like literally, yeah, literally, this is what that is. Um, if, if the Suns do not win a championship in the next three years, this is going to go down as one of the worst trades they could have possibly made for their franchise. That's a trade. Biggest failures. Franchise for this trade. If they don't win one, blow it up. Yeah. Sell the team, blow it up. Move to St. Louis for all I give a fuck. I don't care. Dude, I would Come love here. if the Phoenix Suns came to St. Louis, bro. I would love, I would love to see it. St. Louis Suns. St. Louis Flyers. Yeah, that, that would be sweet. That would be sweet. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's what I'm just saying. Like, let's look at the Mavericks next because the Mavericks, I, I think, are even worse. I, I think they might even be worse. Way worse. Let's it see. Makes this. Sense. All right. So they have Christian Wood, who I honestly forgot about, who is like, he's a, he's a good player. I like Christian Wood. Um, they have Tim Hardaway Jr., who is the middest of mid, probably in the entire NBA. They have, um, let's see, they have JaVale McGee, who was... Shaq to the fool legend. <laughs> Shaq to the fool legend and was uh, at one point relevant. They have uh, Dwight Powell, who is in the biggest NPC in the entire league. Let's see who else. Um <laughs> They have NBA 2K My Career legend Frank Nitink, uh however you say his last name. It's, was Carson a legend? Yeah. Single um, beat Kentucky. They have Mar- oh, good. They have Markeith Morris. Good. <laughs> um, yeah. This 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 lineup. This is the, the this is this is the most <laughs> oh my god in the entire league. Uh, I'm gonna say man. it right now. That is that is shambolic. That is shambolic. <laughs> oh, um, did we mention Reggie Bullock? Because Reggie Bullock's actually a solid player. <laughs> Reggie Bullock's fine. Well, don't don't, don't add, he's a he is a he's consistent forty five percent from three guy. If if he's on, I mean, if he half the rosters on the NBA, he's not starting. If you look at this Mavericks team, can I I liked their team last year compared to this year? Like losing, yeah, I do too. Their best three players in the playoffs last year were Luka Doncic, obviously, and then right. Dinwiddie Johnson. Both of them are gone. By the way, they had Porzingis, right? Or was that two years ago? Um, two years ago. You sure? I thought they had Porzingis. They traded him last year. They traded him for Dinwiddie last year. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. That was one of the bigger trades. And since then, like, I mean, Porzingis has been like a – very nice player in Washington. He just he just isn't made to play with Dallas. That was just it. Yeah, and I, I was excited for that duo because I thought they were going to be actually pretty good, and they had some good highlights, but um, it just didn't work out. 
What's up? They were the, the, the European unicorns, dude. They exactly. Were- exactly. Um, so I, I want to get into to a, a player that is no longer relevant to me. Okay. And he taught me how to Dougie. He was the first <laughs> overall pick. And he has now returned to the Rockets where um, SEC legend. SEC legend John Wall. Um, SEC legend. Game six legend John Wall. Okay. John Wall is the overall king of game six. He, um, that's after David Freeze, obviously. Um, Hell yeah. St. Louis Cardinals. But this guy, John Wall, has now returned to the Houston Rockets where. They were paying him last last time he was there to not play basketball, okay? And what will likely happen is probably the same thing this time because they have all of these young guards. Um, they've got uh, they've got Jalen Green. Um, they have Kevin Porter. I think he's still with them. They have um, – what's his name? Josh um, – he, he played in high school with, uh, with Jalen – Jalen Green, what's his name? Josh, um, Jay Gup, what's his name? Jay Gup, Josh Christopher. They have yeah. him too. They have all these young guards and so much talent. I think they can actually become something, but John Wall is not going to help you. John Wall is, I'm more relevant in the NBA than John Wall. That's a fact. Okay. He is getting paid just a ridiculous amount of money. And the, the Washington Wizards are responsible for the most irresponsible contract ever signed, which is the $200 million deal they made with John Wall for him to choke in game seven, uh, fourth quarter, not score a single point in that series. Um, to, to be honest, John Wall, he's not a bust, but his career is a bust. His career is like, he's going to be remembered as the, you know, the Dougie, the Dougie guy, the Dougie guy, um, the sick intro, the before De'Aaron Fox, the fastest player in the NBA, um, he was lightning quick on the fast break, and, and watching him was a joy. And it's just gonna, it's it's a shame. It really is a shame. He's I think on the whimper. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna say about John Wall. John Wall, if you were lucky enough to be graced by watching John Wall through his first six years, I mean, it, it, it he was one of the freakiest, most athletic people you will ever see. Oh, without a doubt. And he was awesome. After that Achilles tear, and then Washington's like, I'll give you like a super max if you just suck ass and never play basketball again. He signed up for it. Good for him. He's getting fucking paid. I don't, he's making bank. This is the worry about thing in the world. He sucks at basketball now. He can't shoot. He he can't shoot. Yeah. And if you're going to be a slow, unathletic point guard now, like he kind of is, you got to have to be able to be able to space the floor and shoot the basketball, and he just can't. And oh. it's like <laughs> it's the same thing about Russell Westbrook, but at least he's going to give you he's going to give you some explosiveness. He can still go in and finish up the rim. John Wall plays like my father on the blacktop. Oh no! Not Don't do Jim like that. Don't do Jim. Jim, by the way, Jim, friend of the pod, one of the few people um, who do respond to my tweets on on Twitter. Um, if you haven't already, go follow Twitter. I, I am constantly tweeting, sharing my thoughts on different events that have happened. 
Um, and like Jim, our dad makes some excellent comments. Jim is an absolute <laughs> demon. Jim, Jim's a demon on Twitter. And he recently, um, you know, when I, I, I tweeted about the Mizzou buzzer beater, by the way, we should, we should dive into that next, but oh, yeah. uh, I tweeted about the Mizzou buzzer beater and he tweeted back at me and said, unfucking believable, which is just <laughs> iconic, iconic from him. By the way, I, w- I do want to preface before we uh, move into the Mizzou buzzer beater. Uh, John Wall previously called the Houston Rockets organization, quote, this is his his quote, trash, beyond trash. That's what John Wall said about the Houston Rockets. And now he's returned. He's returned. That's what makes a trade more baffling. Like, I can't believe you'd want to bring in that guy who just talks so much shit on you, like, no more than a year ago. Like, why would you want to bring him back? You're just going to bring bad chemistry to the locker room, in my opinion. That's not going to They get uh, we get Eric Gordon and three second round picks. Um, so I, I think it was a good deal for the Clippers. And I think um, the Houston Rockets once again make a horrendous decision, a horrendous decision. And, uh, you know, I have a question. Have a question. What's before, up? We, before we dive in to the Mizzou buzzer beer, I want to talk about one four team trade that went down. Okay. Is it the and Gary Payton one? And it involves Sadiq Bay to the Hawks with Wiseman to the Pistons and then Gary Payton back on the Warriors. Yeah. Here's my opinions on that. Sorry, first off. Number one. Let's do it. James Wiseman, you suck. <laughs> you have all the fucking talent in the world. You are in one of the best organizations in the NBA. You're the number two overall pick over of a mellow ball, and you're stuck in the fucking G League. <laughs> Get it together, dude. Get it fucking together. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. Was, How, he, was, he, was he picked over Anthony Edwards? Anthony or, was first. Wiseman was okay, second. So he was second. Okay. And the only reason Wiseman wasn't first is because he couldn't play in college because Penny Hardaway paid him to go there. <laughs> He did. He did. It's bad. It's bad. For me. Oh, Sneak Sneak the Hawks. I love it. I love Sneak Bay to the Hawks. I think yeah. it's a great move for them. If they're, if they're trying to be a serious team, that's a good move for them. The most underrated move of the trade deadline is Gary Payne back to the back to the Warriors. And I stand yeah. by it. If you want just look past that, they do. Pending physical results. <laughs> no, it's finalized. It's finalized recently. It's finalized. Just, oh. All right, but yeah, that was that was like a weird, like Carlos Correa type stuff that's going on. If you were to watch the NBA playoffs last year and you watch the Warriors, which I basically watch every Warriors playoff game because Steph Curry is fucking Steph Curry, like I'm not gonna miss him. Yeah, because you're just elongated to Steph Curry. This dude, Gary Payne. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, this dude, Gary Payne, was, <laughs> I think, in my opinion, the best role player in the playoffs. That's just my <laughs> opinion. I can't. I still can't believe he got hurt. Gary Payne goes out there every day in the playoffs. And I remember it was the first game of the Western Conference Finals, like not even five minutes into the game. And Gary Payne just puts his nuts all over Desmond Bain's mouth and posterizes him. It was literally a BJ on the basket. It was ridiculous. Yeah. He 
he destroyed him. And Tim also plays some of the best defense in the league. We're the only guy who actually tries. Can I tell you how much I'm praying for another Warriors, um, uh, Grizzlies, uh, oh, no, I think I think I think it is blasphemous that the Grizzlies have the gall to call themselves a dynasty when they haven't won shit. <laughs> that they won a conference final. They haven't been to the finals. That is absolutely heinous. I tell you. Heinous. They see actually actually going on a, on a tangent there, and I love to see that that energy, JT. I completely agree, and I've I've said this before. Um, I've said this about the Memphis Grizzlies, and I've said this about the Phoenix Suns because neither team has won anything. The Suns, to their credit, have come close, um, but obviously haven't won, and they're all in this year. Respect for that. The Grizzlies continue to annoy everybody in the league. John Morant goes on Twitter and has the nerve to say, oh yeah, we're the most hated team in the league. Well, I fucking wonder why, because you go on these, the, you go on these rants and you're like, you think you're hood and you're, you're on a $20 million contract or whatever the hell the number is. And they all think they're tough guys and they haven't won anything. They haven't even been to the finals yet. Okay. And, and Jaron Jackson is the same way. Dylan Brooks, for the love of God, is the same way. Bain is the same way. They're all just like this. And I, I can't stand the Memphis Grizzlies. I can't stand Well, them. I wouldn't say Bain's the same way because, like, when I look at, like, Desmond Bain, Desmond Bain's actually really underrated, and I think he's really good. Shout out Dylan Brooks. Go fuck yourself. Actually. <laughs> actually. I don't – I really – I just don't care about you. I don't. You are such a fucking – Terrible human being. I can't even stand it. A rat-haired prick. He is. If there was one player where I'm like, if I just never, if he just had to lose both his legs right now and never touch the floor again, it'd be Dylan Brooks. It'd be Dylan Brooks. Wow. Not the fellow from uh, Iowa State? Oh, God. Oh, Caleb Grill. Um, yeah. Shout out Pat at Castle two weeks ago. Talking about um, yeah, just Dylan Brooks is just – he doesn't even back it up. He sucks. You guys want the AL penalty to you, bro. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is the Adolf Hitler of the NBA. What? I stand, I stand oh, by it. I, yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I stand by it. I'd have to go to that and board for that. <laughs> fucking stand by it. Uh, I mean – yeah, uh, I mean, I, I don't like Dylan Brooks um, because of his antics, because he acts like people who are more successful than him um, don't exist, and he doesn't know. Oh, LeBron. Uh, not even necessarily LeBron. I'm talking about Shannon Sharp, that instance with Shannon Sharp. Um, he just he just treats – like, whenever he was, like, bitch-mouthing Clay Thompson the other day. Oh, my God. Last year in the playoffs – and then Clay hits that dagger three over him, yells in his face, steps over him, basically teabagged him. I'm not even kidding. If you watch it. Speaking of Clay Thompson, one of my all-time favorite moments in the NBA is when Clay Thompson is up 3-1, and he go, he goes, he's he's talking about LeBron, and he goes, I guess his feelings were just hurt. And LeBron proceeds to become a literal superhero and come back. From that three-one lead, and um, 
and, and Clay Thompson just had to eat his words there. And, you know, you can say whatever you want. Yeah, Clay has beat LeBron more than LeBron has beat him. But look at the supporting cast between those two players and, and then get back to me. There was Clay hurting his feelings. And then, uh, oh shit, I forgot. You want to open your eyes a little bit there, Jake? You look a little shot. I might have. Straight up. I might have ripped into some devious gas earlier, but. Yeah. Hush, hush. Let's move on to Green Light Golston. Green Light Golston. Yes. Do it. Yes. Uh, Luke, Luke, I'm gonna I'm just gonna hand it off to you because you are the the Missouri basketball specialist here. You, you really have to, uh, dove in. And you know, JT and I are also big fans, but I, I want you to describe your point of view of the game, what's going on around you, and then the result. All right. So first off, unreal game. Unreal. That first half of Missouri Tigers basketball was probably the best half we played all year. Shout out Sean East. I agree with that. An insane first half from Sean East. He was two for two from three. He had like two steals, 12 total points. He was one of the unnoticed guards in the SEC. Sean East. Absolutely. He's a great spark plug, bench guy. X-Factor. Isn't the best shooter ever? And sometimes his three-point selection kind of hurts me. But besides, <laughs> that, besides that, he's been he's been really solid this year. And I give him props considering he was a JUCO guy last year. Mm-hmm. And it's about eleven minutes left in the second half. All of a sudden, something just clicks on Tennessee. I don't know who that number twenty-five dude, the lefty, is for Tennessee. He's a prick. First off, I the white him. dude. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's also a V. It's a, it's a V. He's actually European, I believe. He is, and he can go fuck himself and fuck off. <laughs> he went all the way you know from the thing is? to go to Knoxville, Tennessee. That, yeah, interesting, yeah. right, JT? Interesting. Very interesting. Why yeah. don't you just go to some Paris or shit or something? <laughs> no, but all of a sudden. You're right, though. You're right, though, Luke. Something it's like clicked. a t- Something clicked and not even game time, not like actual like time in the world, but game time. Five minutes is off the clock. We're at the six-minute mark. This game's tight. <laughs> that. They were on a 26-10 run. Like nothing happened. In classic Mizzou fashion. Yeah. It was. And I actually was on a FaceTime with Bill before the big run happened. Shut up, Bill. And Shout out my father. And yeah, I mean Bill up. Was- this is this team is special. I'm like, dude, this is some of the best basketball I've seen us play in so long. And then he texts me about real time, 25 minutes later. He's like, "What the hell just happened?" And I'm like, <laughs> I, "I couldn't tell you. I really couldn't." Let's 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 jump to also shout out SEC official officiating. What were you watching? <laughs> I'm curious. I'm, I'm really curious. To it see. was horrendous. It was really you see bad. my opinion right here. Yeah. I'm, I'm really curious how you can allow a team to shoot 24 free throws in a half. Um, great. 0-2 Sacramento Kings bullshit. It's awesome. You know, I just I just really appreciate watching free throws the whole game. If I wouldn't it, do that, it was disgusting. Uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it reminded me of. It was really tough to watch because it reminded me of the Arkansas game in the sense that 
the the stoppages like let these kids play we have a physical team we have a team that really likes to get after it and uh and likes to play defense physically and a lot of these sec teams are the same way that we are um and i don't mean to to interrupt you luke but that's just what i'm i'm saying these refs uh all, all sports all sports they need to get better they do they do it's like it, it's almost just making it like unenjoyable and it i hate it when i really do hate blaming a game on refs but like you're not helping the case like you have to give us a reason not to blame you guys i think i think it's safe to say that 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 tennessee doesn't come back in that game without all those free throws i think that's very safe to say that because, is completely oh, understandable. If you look, because they were shooting well, but if you look at, if you watch that half, if you go back and watch that half, what is that team without those free throws? You know what I'm saying? It never had uh, to go to the buzzer beater. And uh, I want to say, I think it was like 11 seconds left, and officials have been so ticky-tacky, all half, really soft. And then Kobe bitches somebody has a ton of contacts and doesn't get the foul call. And I'm like, dude, call it evenly, please. Yeah. At the end of the game, it didn't matter. But I'm just saying, like, that needs to be a foul if it was before. And it was before. A lot, a lot of comments I saw on Instagram posts after was like basically the same consensus. Like the rest are trying to hand Tennessee the game. Um, and we still won. Yeah, I saw that, JT. You yeah, won. Like, Which is true. Barstool, all that. Yeah. It's it's just like you have to show some consistency and some double. You can't have double standards. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. I mean, Demoy Hodge breathed on a dude and he got fouled out. Like it, it was ridiculous. It, it was yeah. so bad. Without hey, Demoy, yeah. Without Hodge, without Modiara, both fouled out. In comes Greenlight, motherfucking Golston. Shout out, um, fucking man, ice in his veins. Shout out, dude, violated on that free throw. Thanks for giving us the ball out of bounds, giving us a little stoppage of play because we didn't have a timeout. I I wanted to dive into that, and JT, I'll let you go after because you had something to say, and we we interrupted you. I'm sorry about that, JT, but all good. Um, Dave Matter, who's an excellent follow on Twitter, um, he, he tweeted about something that I hadn't noticed when I watched the game because I couldn't really hear much of the game. But but um, Shaw East, while the free throws are going up, right, where the violation was, the free throw before that was a miss. And allegedly before that free throw, um, East went up to him and said, you're going to miss this one or missed one of these. You missed one last game. And then he walks away because the guy, the same guy that was shooting the free throws missed against Vanderbilt. Uh, was it Van- I think it was Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. And they ended up getting beat on a buzzer beater. And the same thing happened uh, against Mizzou. Guy misses uh, his first free throw. Second one, there's a lane violation. We get the ball. And uh, from there, it was just ice in his veins, Golson. um, For Dennis Gates, especially, put in a really tough situation because Des Moines is your go-to three-point guy. Mm -hmm. Him fouling out was huge. And Kobe is going to be able to burn the ball with four seconds left. So you have two options of really east – and Golston and East is going to be one of those guys who like maybe just kicks it out. Golston's that dude. He showed it at UCF. He's going to come. He's going to give you a fucking bucket mm-hmm. spot as UCF. And he, he's done he that. 
He's got he that delivered. dog in him. I, I see Golston get a lot of shit on Twitter from Mizzou fans. Mm-hmm. After that, his second game-winning buzzer of the year, if I see another Dre Golston hate tweet, I'm going to lose my yeah. shit. Because without him, we are – without him, we he, owes, he wants the Arkansas game too. We're basically – That's what I was going to say. Right? We're like a 15-11 and 11 team without Dre Golston. Easily. Easily. To be honest, like without Dre Golston, we might not even be in contention for the tournament. March Madness. That's that's not ridiculous. I don't think that's a ridiculous statement. Because like even when Mosey was out, Golston had to step in and fill that role, mm-hmm. and he did just fine. I know sometimes he can get a little self-centered, take some rough shots, but like he's a scorer. That's what you gotta do. You gotta especially in college, whenever yeah. you're like Shit's a little bit different in college in the NBA. Like when you're a scorer, like he is, and he has a he has a for some reason a narc to make incredibly smothered shots. That's what I was gonna say. I was just gonna say that is dude, dude will like have a hand in his face or like right in front of the ball and he's fading away. And he it's just like he, he he's just a bucket. You can tell when a dude is a hooper. And like, and b- between like a basketball player and a hooper, like uh, Joe, um, Joe Hampton from what's that Netflix series? He said it perfectly. There, there's basketball. Like, there's like great players in basketball, and then there's hoopers. There's dudes that can go and get buckets. And Golston is a hooper. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Dylan Brooks is a shitter. He wants to be a hooper. <laughs> Back to Dylan Brooks. Dylan Nick Brooks Club. is neither. Because Dylan Brooks Dylan, hate club part two. <laughs> Dylan Brooks plays like he's a hooper, but he has, like I said, the skill of literally my father. So he's oh, a hooper, belongs at a Hooters. <laughs> but now Mizzou is 19 and six, seven to five in SEC play. We have, I think, six ranked wins in the year. I mean, looking what more probable birth? first year. At- Looking at a very probable berth for the March Madness tournament. They have so a slate as a, uh, a seven seed right now. We can easily get that up to a six. If we, especially if we, if we make a statement in the SEC tournament, too, getting a couple wins, maybe, it's looking like a good. Like semifinals right? appearance? We're fourth in the SEC right now, total. Yeah, I guess like, semifinals and finals appearance, yeah. I have a question for all Mizzou fans out here watching this. What what more could you have asked for from De- Dennis Gates' first 25 games? I'll answer that right now. Fan. Yeah, JT, you respond, then I will. I'll answer that right now. I couldn't ask for more. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's delivered, except for the Kansas game, which was the one rare exception. We have played phenomenally against any ranked team, whether they're top 20, top 10, top 5. We have played an exceptionally well game of basketball. And yes, there have been some rough losses, but like that's to be expected with any coach. Like it's happened to Purdue, who's been ranked number one consistently this season. Every team's going to have that rough loss. So it's not really a very big red flag if Dennis Gates loses to like Texas A&M or Florida when they're not looking at a berth for the NCAA tournament, and we are. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's perfect, and and I'm gonna completely agree. the The only thing I would really ask for, and um, Kansas, the Kansas game was to me 
Um, I, I've completely put that game behind me. Uh, I don't think that that was the same team that we have right now. I really don't. Um, I think if you give us another shot at Kansas as a team that we are right now, I think that game's a, a competitive basketball game. And I think we were a little starstruck. I think, um, you know, you have a sellout crowd in front of an audience that hasn't seen a basketball to a real basketball team they can get behind in, um, you know, at least 10 years, at least 10 years. You haven't seen a basketball team like that. The realest um, team Mizzou's had in the last 10 years was COVID, but we couldn't even watch. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so the only thing I would ask about Dennis Gates is um, is those non-ranked games, those those games that we should be taking control of. It seems like a lot of times um, teams are able to hang around with us. and but But for his first year, there's nothing more I could ask for. Literally nothing more. He's done so well. And I love Dennis Gates. I do. Help me move things in my dorm. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for carrying my luggage. Uh, I think we've done really well with basketball. And if you guys wouldn't mind, I think it's time to to dive into the football. And this is what you guys have been waiting I'm for. I'm ready. JT, I'm ready for it. JT's ready. And we're, we're going to let JT loose here first. And then, Luke, we'll get your thoughts, too. Um. I briefed everybody before I had you guys come on while you guys were in the waiting room. I briefed about the play. So you can just rant about whatever, JT. Just uh, just let it out. All right. Okay. So for the first three quarters of this Super Bowl, I thought this was an incredible game. You know, no one could, neither team could put each other away. It was very competitive. And I like it. They were all both getting after it. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth quarter hits, Chiefs, um, they start taking command. The Eagles can't really respond. Um, uh, Chiefs were in the red zone with about two minutes left, probably under two minutes when the the game changer happened. Um, James Bradbury held uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, um, allegedly, <laughs> even though, like, Smith-Schuster only had about, like, I'd say three to five yards off the route. Um, from a snap, and he didn't even uh, hit his cut yet. He was still on his um, his off the line of scrimmage uh, run. And um, regard, I think regardless of what happened, if Bradbury did get held or not, um, Mahomes, in my opinion, overthrew him by a couple inches. Um, regardless, not an um, inches yards. I yeah. Uh, he, and that's he what I was saying before before we came on is there's not there's not a player in the NFL who's catching that football. Um, no, Tyree Kill is not catching that football. Um, Usain Bolt is not catching that football. The flash <laughs> maybe has a chance, um, and that's about it. JT, continue. Yeah, so um, I was at the um, the fraternity house watching with my brothers and. Um, Obviously, it was probably a house divided. It was a house divided. Um, so just being downstairs when that happened and like just kind of soaking it all in, I was I was pretty shell shocked. Like for this, for me and everyone else in the basement knowing, like, yeah, um, if that's against the Eagles, this Super Bowl is over. Like, just pack it in. Like, um, we just it was pretty hard to watch because as much as I 
don't like to admit it. I was pulling for the Eagles because I just can't really get behind the Chiefs, especially after this year um, with the division around. Um, just being down there, I just kind of felt like it was one of my biggest Super Bowl heartbreaks probably since the either the Rams won it or the Falcons losing uh, in 51. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I'm just – this. Extremely disappointed for the Super Bowl to um, have an outcome like that. You know, it's a very, very questionable call. Um, just for that to be the really the deciding factor in the biggest game of the year, it to me it reeks of a regular season game ending. <laughs> it does. It it's just it's it's an anticlimax for. Me and probably everyone else who's neutral in the game. Um, it was yeah. I'm just disappointed. That's I'm not even point. mad. Yeah. I'm just like it could have ended so much easier, so much better. Like overtime, just that, that could have been something new. Time. I wanted overtime. The script would have been perfect in my opinion. Yeah. No um, matter who won. Luke, Luke, I, I'll be brief, and then I'll just let you loose. Um, I, I, I had a bet on the Chiefs, so naturally I was pulling a little bit for the Chiefs early. Okay? Naturally. But near the end of the game, I realized, by the way, a great halftime performance by Rihanna. I, I seriously underestimated Rihanna. Um, I, I said previously she doesn't have a, a large template of songs. After visiting Spotify and looking at the data, she does indeed have a wide variety. Um, and she she performed very well. I was very intrigued by the rising uh, stages, various stages with different dancers. Allegedly, allegedly, and I think it might have been confirmed, but she was performing while pregnant with child. She was pregnant. And you could tell whenever is, you're watching her. That's an absolute baller move on her part. Like mm-hmm. You're risking that child's life getting rocked around on that womb. For some extra money, I was gonna. I was gonna say that that child might, uh, you know, come out a little wonky, but um, an excellent performance either way. And um, you know, to see the game end that way, to see such a great game of offense, of defense, of a Mizzou legend Nick Bolton uh, getting a fumble recovery and touchdown, and a Summit legend Brandon Williams getting his first ring in his career. And a summit legend uh, from our, our high school, Rockwood Summit, Brandon Williams, getting his ring. Um, it was just spectacle. And I think Arizona is such a beautiful place. Uh, a great halftime show, great weather. Um, it, it, the stars were aligning for a fantastic game. And for the refs to, call, to, to throw a flag there, um, it really switched my perspective. And I wanted the Eagles to block that fucking kick. I wanted it so bad. Um, that it didn't happen. Butker buried it, and and the rest is history. And uh, yeah, I mean, you can say you can say Eagles versus refs. Um, t- to see Nick Sirianni lose also brought a smile to my face. I want to preface that um, I hate Sirianni. He wh- whenever he's on the sideline and and there's an incompletion and he's standing here like a fucking moron and he's going like that. And he's got that Philly, like that Philly, like swagger to him. Fuck Nick Sirianni. I, I'm glad he lost. Um, other than that, uh, I, I was upset with the ending. I was to to such a legendary game. I was upset. 
would agree. It could have, it could, it's going to go down in history, obviously, because of the call. But in my opinion, it could have gone down in history as something way greater than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, you know, people could be remembering like the, the first ever overtime Super Bowl, you know, winning on a game winning touchdown, like a game winning bomb or a game winning field goal or a game winning pick six. Like, that's something that would just make this game legendary. And it's, it is legendary for all the wrong reasons because it's yeah. going to be disputed for years after this. Luke, how you feeling, my friend? I just have a few takeaways from this game. Yeah. Um, number one, it should be pretty clear and obvious that um, if you don't think Patrick Mahomes is not the best quarterback in the league or if you don't think that he is a top eight quarterback of all time already, just stop watching football and kind of rethink your life. Because <laughs> um, he's so special. He is. Seeing him when he naturally rooting for the Eagles because uh kind of had a little parlay going on, it didn't quite hit. Uh, of course, thanks of course. for that, really appreciate it. But when I was when I saw him go down, I'm like, this game, this game's gonna be a fucking blowout now. I didn't know what Mahomes you were gonna see coming out of that locker room to enter the second half. It almost like it made him better because he came out and he just he really just kind of said double bird right to you guys. He just took over. He did. He really did. Yeah. And uh, also Andy Reid for, um, and a little bit of Philly's def- or not Philly Eagles defensive coordinator for, um, for being so bad on motion defense. No, if they just yeah. covered the motion, they might've stopped two touchdowns. Well, the Canarius Tony was on the one yard line. Like, it's not that deep for real, but still, you can't let him be that open. You can Sky, still, there's still Sky a chance Moore, you can tackle him in the flat. Sky Moore cannot get that open on third and goal on the five yard line. He could have busted a nut before he got tackled. For real. Okay. That's a good turn. <laughs> Just no, the examples. The dating examples. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just like, at least contest the catch. Something. It, it just made it. It just and um, I know it benefited Mizzou legend Nick Bone, but um, <laughs> hurts man. What are you doing? Yeah. If he That's doesn't rough. lose that, if he doesn't lose that, and the Eagles score on that drive, that could have changed the complexion of that game. Because you yeah, have I mean, all that. You have oh, all, easily just all the momentum in the world. And if you get a stop the next drive, the Chiefs have the ball, like, you know, that would put you in the driver's seat, no doubt. It, it was just – it was a little just kind of like a – it wasn't momentum shift. It, it really was. And it definitely changed the outcome of this game. And yeah. when we get to the – we get to the holding call, I'm, I'm incredibly against the holding call. I think it's – I think it's really stupid to – if you look on Twitter also, you can see that, like, I guess Bradbury admitted to pulling his jersey a little bit. But, yeah, I know. To me, that's just normal contact. That's like normal contact with a DB and a wide receiver. You know, you're going to have some tugging. I know that because I played there. Yeah. That's to and, be expected. Uh, 
also, I was kind of starting to like Juju a little bit, and he went out in his post-game press conference like, yeah, complete hold. If I didn't get held, I'm easily catching a touchdown. No, the fuck you are not. <laughs> he is not. And we Juju. have a little TikTok dance. But <laughs> that, that guy still pisses me off. Honestly, like Juju is, if you watch him, one of the slower NFL receivers, I think, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree with that. I had a whole lot of in study room, man. And like, it, it's just like there's just no way you're catching that ball. That ball is thrown ten yards over your head, hold or not. Hundred percent. You're just not catching it. And to act like to act like such a douche would be like, oh yeah, complete, complete obvious hold. I'm like, dude, the whole world was questioning whether that was a hold or not. Replays after and not. Yeah, Chiefs fans would agree if the Chiefs fans would agree that's a hole. Like there are there, there are. Staying. I was rooting for the Chiefs. That was well, not. That was put money on them. That was not a hold. And uh, for that, so let's say the hold doesn't get called. It is. It's fourth down. They're going to kick a field goal. Probably make it. I think Bucker's going to make a 30, 32 yarder field goal. Yeah, that's fine. That's great. Eagles have a timeout with a minute 50 left to drive down and get a field goal. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, who is probably the second best statistical player in the NFL. It's it's just like you it's just so upsetting to see like like with the Josh Allen thing last year with the playoffs and stuff, like that's just a coin flip. That's whatever. That's just the rules of the NFL. That's just how mm-hmm. shit works. But this this is like you can control that. Yeah. You can, it's disputable. That is it's disputable. so disputable. At the same I, time, it's not, though, because you can't review it. But now, that's what we're going to get at. We're going to be hearing all over, oh, these penalties should be reviewed, blah, blah, blah. No, it shouldn't. It should just it's be a, a better call the first it's time. It's already been tried with past interference, and that got exploited to the T the one season that um, was enforced. Because, like, yeah. ex- right after, the season after, they got rid of that and just went back to judgment calls. It's just it's, at the end of the day, it's just a uh, it's just a bad flag. It's a bad flag, and, and it comes in a time where the the Eagles they don't need that, and, and it's, it comes in a time where the Chiefs need it most. Is that flag that was thrown, and um, it, it it gives the Super Bowl a legacy, like JT was saying, that should have been much greater than it was. Than it, than, it, than it was. Um, this this could have been a top ten game. Like, easily back at it. To be. It really was. Five years down the line, this could have been like revered. You know, you sometimes get replayed on free TV. Yeah. Also, uh, another factor that no one's really talking about. I feel like um, Eagles. How the fuck do you let Kadarius Tony do that? <laughs> that punt return. I, I was going to get into that because um, Kadarius Tony, by the way, incredibly underrated, incredibly underrated. Kadarius Tony is Always is underrated. one of the most versatile athletes um, I think available in the NFL. I think that um, when you when you look at versatility, I think he's on the same. Um, I think he's on the same level as Debo uh, Debo Samuel. I think that he is in the upper echelon of guys that are able to create space. They're able to make guys miss. 
He has speed. Um, as far as I know, I think he has hands as well. I think that he has the, the tools to become a, a really nice receiver. Yeah, he does. I, Absolutely. Um, I agree with that. Is, and to I, see how Tony, like, that dude was stumbling on the opposite 40, and you let him get to the five. Mm-hmm. It's the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. Horrendous coverage. Horrendous. It's because it's they weren't trying. You're only <laughs> up six points. If you don't give that up, wait. No, they were they were down one and you gave that up. If you tackle them at their own 35 or 40, there's a chance you can stop them. By the way, can we agree, because this is my take, that, that Travis Kelsey is the most dangerous target in the entire NFL? Can we? He is moving up my tight end list. He is. He's honestly got potential. I think wide receivers included. I think wide receivers included. I think Travis Kelsey is. I think he's easily the greatest receiving tight end ever. Ever. Because he basically he is basically an extra slot receiver. When you look size with mobility with hands, um, he can high point the ball. He can make uh, contested catches. There's nobody that's better. Yeah, there's no there's nobody better that that's uh at finding uh space in zone coverages than Travis Kelsey uh, and Patrick Mahomes can always deliver him the ball and it just makes for for such a killer duo and they they've been doing it for so long now it feels like a stat that always baffles me with Travis Kelsey is um he's the same age as Gronk. <laughs> wow. Stop. Crazy. They're both 32. Yeah, Gronk's what? young man. But he's messed up. Gronk's messed up, bro. Gronk has more of a Gronk's a walking commercial. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's it's definitely there's definitely factors that went in this game that was like, yeah, the flag isn't everything. It definitely doesn't help. Yeah, the flag isn't everything. The fumble, the fumble scoop and score, the punt return. Um, there's just also some the long drives. They've had long drives in that game, KC did. Some really questionable play calls on third down, I think. Yeah, I agree. I was watching. They that. relied on their read option a little too much. That's what I noticed. Like they were doing a lot of read options where and, and the Chiefs, the Chiefs would blitz, blitz them. The Chiefs would blitz on read options, and uh maybe Jalen Hurts would make the right read, but the fact that there's so many guys in the zone for the Chiefs. Uh, I saw it numerous times where he would just get swarmed, and it wasn't. Yeah, working. I didn't like. I swear, I don't think KC got sacked all night. They didn't. Yeah, be, well, that that's partially because the O line was playing pretty well, but Patrick Mahomes is one of the premier quarterbacks in the entire league at not getting sacked and throwing the ball away, et cetera, that sort of thing. His backyard style, like you know, just kind of unconventional. It definitely worked for them that night. It He's definitely a tall- did. Paul better Kyler Murray. He doesn't run like the the energy of an angry toddler. <laughs> yeah. Also, just coming in, uh, Chad Henney has retired as Super Bowl champion. So shout out Jaguars Chad legend. Yeah. Duval got his ring. There's a few more things I wanted to get into before we sign off because there was a few other things. Um, I don't know if you caught it. Spencer Dinwiddie took a game winning shot um, and was apparently a little late against the uh, 76ers, I want you guys to hear the announcer. Now, I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying Brooklyn is down by three. Okay, there's 0.9 seconds left uh, to the 76ers. It's 98-101. 
So if they hit a three, it ties the game and sends it to OT. Listen to the announcer. If you caught it, the announcer goes for the win, and they're down three points. Um, Spencer, let's go the shot. It was a great shot, a little late, um, you know, as we know. But but the announcer goes for the win. And I want to say, if this was an actual game winner, um, or if this was if this if the shot counted and it went to OT and the Nets ended up winning that. That call right there would have ruined the entire experience, I think, of the game. Because you say for the win, and then it goes down. You must feel like a fucking idiot whenever they continue playing overtime. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think – I mean, I can give them the excuse because it's like a heat of the moment. Like, you know, buzzer beaters are always going to be like, you know, heart racers. So I think he might have just got his words mixed up a little bit. But yeah. definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely, like you said, it's a, kind of like a life sucker because – you expect a win, but oh nope, here's this extra five minute OT period. He dropped the ball. Simply put, he dropped the ball in a time where we need announcers the most. We need some energy from the announcers when a when a shot like that happens. Um I I just thought he, he really failed. Um I want to go into a couple more things. This is just a quick rundown of other stuff that has happened this week, other interesting stuff. Um Taylor Lewan, the um, oh my god! Offensive lineman previously for the Titans. I think he is he still playing for the Titans. He was injured um, this season. Yeah, he was injured this season. Um, as as JT just said, but um, he was with Jeffrey Star. An interesting development for for him. JT, you look like he has interesting to say the least. That <laughs> is, yeah, that is a dude. I don't know if you know Taylor, but that's a dude with a goddamn wig on and a bunch of tats. But he acts like a girl. Like, it don't matter. As long as he still has a dick, that's a dude. I mean, like, you seem like the last guy to be dating to do, like, Jeffree Star. Or at least be raw dogging that every once in a week. Yeah. But, like, Taylor, man, like, is this the best you can get? Do better. I'm a little shocked and kind of horrified at this. Luke, any, uh, any thoughts on that? Um... I don't even know if I want to get into this too much because this is we don't have to. Like, I have another story if you would I, like I, to because this it just like it just makes me think like what kind of fucked up world are we living in right now? Yeah. Um so there was another development and this one's in the NFL. Um so we had we had Micah Parsons on the mic. Okay. Um let's see. Weirdest thing about you. You like toes? Egregious. Now, he, so he, he's in an interview with two other people that are just running down questions about Micah. And they're asking him, um, you know, different questions about like your, your daily routine, shit like that. And out of nowhere, what's the weirdest thing about you? You could say like, um, I put on a shoe, uh, a sock, and then a shoe, and then the other sock, and then the other shoe. You could say some weird, sh- like superstitious shit like that that you do. This dude just gets goes all in and says, "Yeah, I got a foot fetish. You know, I, I like feet, I like toes." Um, Micah Parsons, in my book, is canceled. 
Um, for saying something <laughs> like that in an interview, what are you doing? Like at, at this point, like um, one of those one of those companies with like shoe fresheners, they should try to make a sponsorship with uh, Micah Parson. That would be golden if they did that. Gold. Balls. Sneaker balls. Shout out Micah Parsons. Sponsor yeah. us. No, for, for Micah Parsons, first of all, I will say this. I applaud your confidence. I would never have the absolute confidence that, that like, announce, oh, yeah, I like sucking toe fungus out of bitches' toenails. Like, <laughs> I would never have that confidence. For him to just be, like, all chill about it, like, it's a, it's a common thing, like, Respect. The only other guy I know that can do that is Rick Ross. Um, so that I'll, that's all I'll give you. Like, but dude, you have major issues. Um, I why is sucking toes giving you a goddamn stiffy? Um, I thought weird, you know, dude. I thought things like you know tits or ass would be a little more interesting, <laughs> yeah. but. Uh, apparently not. I think he just gets off to like some dirty ass brown crusty toenails that need to be clipped. Yeah, I don't know. It's I, uh, it's rough. Th- this world is strange, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, Luke, any thoughts at all? Because we can move on if you'd like. I, if... I mean, this this is sports society. I guess this is sports, but I mean, this is this sports is, technically. This is just. Just such a weird world we're living in, you know. Like we're moving into a category that's starting to not be sports at this point. It's uh, it's a gray area here that we're getting into. Micah, like, dude, you were like third in depoy this year, and you're just saying you're just basically giving Twitter free shit to say about you. Or this is not. Sense. This is not. This is not a, a, a little thing, by the way, that he's just said. Michael Parsons is very active on Twitter, and he's tweeting a lot. Um, I've already seen replies that people are to his tweets that that are just videos of him saying, "Yeah, I got a foot fetish." It's just like the video. Um, people are already sending that around. That being said, um, we have two more, just two more little things to get into. We don't have to get in super into them, but um, a UFO has been shot down. Just off the coast of Alaska, um, unidentified flying object. Now, when I say UFO, you're going to think one of those disc-shaped um, things that uh, that you know fly around and just levitate. They um, change, you know, change heights and stuff. One of those has been shot down. There's not much info that we have on that. Um, our government's probably hiding it. Then the next one is more about sports, and it's the fact that um, the uh, the director of the NFLPA who is uh, uh, DeMarie Smith. Um, he wants to get rid of the NFL scouting combine. He wants the combine out. He thinks that it, uh, he, he thinks that, you know, it's not good for the players. He thinks that um, if you want to evaluate these guys, go do the work and go see them in college. Um, if you really know what you want, go and do the work yourself. He, he says that, uh, you know, uh, it's bad for the players to have to get up so early and do all this stuff. It, it's all about players' rights. I want to hear what you guys think about this. I'll go first. Um, the scouting combine's been – its it hasn't just been a newfangled thing. This has been a tradition dating back to the 80s. Mm-hmm. This has been one of the, the most cookie-cutter standard way to evaluate players based on things like their, you know, speed, athleticism, intangibles, all that. Like that is a vital part of drafting. That is what decides what player 
is going to get drafted in what round sometimes. Yeah. So for someone to suggest it's like the elimination of that and having guys, um, you know, recruiters, scouters, you know, travel miles and miles and miles, probably in their cars. Like, you know, it's, it, I think it's more of a waste of time because like, you know, there's going to be days where they're going to be like, you know, the next coming of Julio Jones. And then there's days like they're, um, you know, what's his name? Nelson Aguilar. Like, <laughs> Nelson Aguilar catching strays on today's pod. Like, it's, I think it's like the scouting, it's more like a baseball thing. That's yeah. because baseball is a little, scouting baseball is a little more intricate. Like, you can, you can just, you can tell who's going to be a big player or not based off the combine stuff sometimes. Like, it's happened. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes the drag players value down, sometimes drag players value up. So, it, in my opinion, that, that's just, I, it, it would just be super wrong for me to, to me, for the scouting combine to be completely phased out of the drafting process because I see it as too vital of a concept. And then with the UFO, um, America, I'd say careful. Um, I would buy as much canned food as possible in the next year. Um, <clears throat> fuck, I yo China and uh, okay. eat my dick. Okay. All right, Luke. Um, <laughs> Luke, any thoughts? Luke, any you thoughts on the say. NFL? We're not going to comment on the on the UFL anymore. Uh, any thoughts on the on the NFL PA? Um, that dude needs to check how many chromosomes he has because that's <laughs> ridiculous. Here's the thing with the NFL scouting. This is why we love the Talord duo right here. Just unfiltered. This is just like it's when I think. When you think of the NFL Combine, honestly, I see it as more as a – it's almost from, like, a fan perspective, too, like, how good these guys are. And, like, it gives it gives us kind of a chance to see who does good at all this and all that. Like, saying you have to go to colleges and stuff to watch these players play, two completely different things. Because mm-hmm. sometimes – like, you – the Combine shows – how physically fit and physically healthy someone is. You can't really like necessarily see that on a football field after every play. Like, yeah, you can see an O-lineman block the same dude, but when you see an O-lineman benching 225 for seven more reps than there, dude, like that's a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say, I think the combine in terms of for skill positions I don't. I don't think it's very useful. Um, it, you have you get like their times and their like their broad jump. Who fucking cares? You can watch tape and see like who skill in skill positions who can ball and who can't. You can tell. What where I think that they need the NFL Combine is for the trenches. When you have guys that you want to test their strength, you want to test how they can go up against other talent that that's in their same class. The NFL Combine is so good for offensive and defensive linemen, um, and it's for that reason that I don't think you do away with it yet. Um, maybe you dial down some of the stuff in the NFL Combine, but you can't do away with it completely. It's a staple of the NFL right now with the rookies coming in. With the offensive linemen, like with their some of their performances, they've been able to elevate their stock super high. Sure. Like 
extreme extremely good example is uh Tony Mandarich, who was drafted in 1989 between Aikman and Barry Sanders to the Packers. Sorry, Luke. Um, he was at that time um, of all the future Hall of Famers in that class of '89. Uh, he was the one featured on all the magazines because of how well he did in the combine. Like they were calling him the Incredible Bulk. Um, like he he was supposed to be like the next best offensive line for. 15 years plus in the NFL, and he was an absolute joke because he actually did take steroids, but also um, he just never got on his game at all. Again, sorry, Luke. Great point. Um, Yeah, really great point. I I, I also want to get into some of the other teams in the the NBA trade deadline. We didn't talk about the Lakers. um, Got rid of Russell Westbrook. Um, Sorry, Luke. (laughs) <laughs> they got rid of can be a, a jazz or whatever he signs with team next he's with the jazz but he's he'll probably get bought out somewhere um but but the lakers added d'angelo russell um they added jared vanderbilt they added uh malik mobamba mobamba as well I think that the Lakers had a really underrated trade deadline. I think, um, and they've already shown it because they already got a win with this with the squad they have. I, I really like D'Angelo Russell in this team now. I, I really do because there's there's nights where he can give you thirty. There there's there's nights where he can show that he can be an upper echelon guard in the league. He's been he's always been regarded as a solid point guard, and I think that still stands true to this day. He's always been like you know he'll get to fifteen every game. Twelve seed or not, the Lakers have the chance this season with this squad to make a run. They have the chance to. It's the, it's I agree. the question. The question: It will they? Will they? Yeah. Um, Luke, what do you think? Luke, what do you think about the new look Lakers? Do you think that that they? Uh, you think that they make a run, or do you think that they, you know, that maybe they play better, but not quite to what they need to be? So when I was when I was actually eating dinner, and when this trade went down, so I go to check my phone after dinner, and I see that deal got traded to the Lakers, and instantly, not a, not a Lakers fan, I'm a Russ fan, and instantly as I see that, I'm like, there goes Russ, he's done, he's gone. And that kind of made my heart drop a little bit because just the disrespect that dude gets. He does I, deserve better. Like you, you can piss on him all you want because he doesn't shoot 40% from three. But I mean, the dude gives heart. You don't see that a lot in the NBA anymore. He Every plays game. with a real, he plays with fire. Like some, some NBA, like NBA players and shit like that, like sometimes – yeah, like when I see people get like how emotional and stuff about like, the NBA and stuff, and I watch him play, you know, it's a good even trying. Russ gives you a hundred million percent effort every night. He he genuinely tries on both ends of the ball. It it's not like he's just out there half-assing everything. Yeah, and sometimes sometimes he doesn't produce the best results, but guess what? Every player is gonna be like that sometimes. So I t- I completely agree. The Russ Lander, it. It's got to stop. Like it's mm-hmm. gotten so bad, the media basically, like the the reporters, they just shit on him from fifty feet above. Uh, like, yeah. 
the, the Rufflander, and I'm sorry to cut you off, JT, because I'm going to no, piggyback off what you're saying because the the media slander of of Russell Westbrook is um, it's second to none in the NBA. I would argue second to none. Uh, there there was a video that sur- that surfaced kind of the other day, and it had been a little bit previous to when I had seen it of kind of a younger reporter asking um, Russell Westbrook, she said, you you uh, faked out numerous opponents uh, tonight with some special, uh, you know, moves or whatever. And uh, specifically in the second quarter, there was a time where you uh, were turned almost 180 degrees from the basket and you jumped and turned and, and uh, made the shot. And she asked if it was just second nature or um, or is he trying to do stuff like that? And he 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 was like, for the first time that season, Somebody in the media had said something that was like positive about him. And his face lit up. Yeah, his face lit up. If you watch, go watch the clip because it's very wholesome. Um, and Russ will be remembered in in LA as a failure, and he doesn't deserve that because he he gave so much effort. Um, and, and people, you know, they'll say like West Brick, shit like that. Like that dude has a name. Jeremiah Green has said this. That dude has a real name. What like Westbrook. Call him by his name. Stand on that because, like, it's uh, it's one thing if like he's talking a lot of shit, but he goes out night after night and he's trying his hardest and he's trying to uh, you know, help the team uh, win games and and it looks bad, but he he's trying to get to his previous form and um, I, I feel for Russ. I do. The other thing I'll say about Russ is um. It's just what people don't realize is when he signed that contract with the Thunder, he signed it so he can stay there. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He has never asked for a trade one time from any of the teams he's been traded to. And he's never asked of a, for a destination to go. Like He got traded to the Rockets. He averaged 27, 8, and 7 as the second option next to James Harden, who averaged 36 that year. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened? He um he got tripped to the Wizards. He goes to the Wizards. By the way, underrated on the Wizards. Really underrated yeah. on the Wizards. It was a, a sleeper tri- season. He averages a 22-point triple-double mm-hmm. with, with the Wizards. Really an, unreal, an unreal year. And he gets traded. That probably was – that was the one trade where I say it was for the best for him. Yeah. Because the Wizards weren't really winning. They weren't going to get him anywhere. Because they're stuck in this shitty-ass spot of mediocrity. We're too good to get the number one pick, but we're so bad that we'll never make the playoffs. That is the third of pure, unadulterated version of mediocrity at its finest. <laughs> And I say that being a Bradley Beal fan, why did you sign that contract? Yeah. Anyways, back on the back on the real topic though. Yeah. Russ gets traded to the Lakers, and he gets these otherworldly expectations. Once again, third option player. By the way, you have to remember this. Mm -hmm. Third option player. He struggles. People just turn on him and start bashing him. For nothing. And he takes, instead of asking out, instead of asking for a bigger role, he decides to step in as he chooses to step in as the sixth man to help his team. And I'd say 
He's shooting 44% from the field, 30% from three, 17, seven, and six on the year. That's a six man. He's having an underrated year. You can't ask for any as a guy off the bench. Yeah. And it's just fans giving him constant shit. And I just, he's on his fifth team in five years. Yeah. Oh, Lakers, Lakers fans could be notoriously critis- um, brutal and um, very criticism. Listen, they expect excellence. And in the wake they of do. Kobe, um, you know, obviously rest in peace in the wake of Kobe and then in the wake of the recent championship in the bubble. Um, Lake Lakers fans are on this in this false narrative that, um, you know, the this team will snap out of it. Well, here's the thing they haven't snapped out of it for three years now, and I think, I think the, the aura is, is over. I think that they need to start something new, and I think that this trade that they just made, I think it just might be the thing that they need. I would it, might have to, it might have to be. You know what? If they want to start something new, it might have to do with trading LeBron and or AD or both. Yeah, because they both of them still carry value with them despite AD's injuries. If, if you do it, you have to soon. If you do it, you have to soon. Yeah, I agree. It's either and, they got to retire with you or sign, sign a long contract or just retire straight up. So the thing with that is, although fans aren't going to like it as much. You you would one hundred percent trade LeBron before you trade Anthony Davis. Yeah, yeah, because and, it's it's regarded that Anthony Davis is the best player on that team. It is, and it's no diss to LeBron, not even close to a diss to LeBron. No, that dude is thirty eight years old. You cannot keep on getting him these long term contracts because I know it's it's like Tom Brady. It's like he's gonna sell that at one point. It's stuff like that, but like. It's a little bit different because Tom Brady, which is kind of standing there the football, LeBron's moving up and down the floor every single day. Yeah. He's up and down the floor. His body's starting to wear out. It doesn't look like it because he still looks like an incredibly above average athletic NBA player. Yeah. But there's definitely been a dip. And at some point, he's also just going to want to say, I want to sit with my family. He has three kids. He has a family. Yeah. He has like a like I think a nine-year-old daughter, he's gonna to want to be with her Three. at some point. Yeah, like you Bryce can, and Bronny and Savannah. You can't expect him to be just like on this. I'm gonna play till fifty. Like at some point, you're gonna to have to say we are looking at a future thing. And Anthony Davis, we're gonna work something out with his health, and he is a more valuable and a better piece to have in the next five years than LeBron James is. That's just the truth. The, the reality yeah. is what, what I want to see um, from LeBron uh, with, you know, perspective from LeBron is uh, I, I want to see him go back to Cleveland to close it out. I do. I want to see him go back to Cleveland. And if Bronny James is able to, to, um, to really increase his stock, and get into the NBA as, as fast as possible to have those two on the same team. And like in the starting lineup would be like, it would be one of the bit, one of the like most viewed things. I think um, the internet would see that year, whenever that would happen. One of the best storylines in NBA history, <clears throat> I think. Cause also you think about it, LeBron stays in the league until Bronny James gets drafted. And then he goes to the, to Bronny's team. Um, 
like Bronny, he is learning from quite possibly, arguably, and Andrews, in my opinion, the greatest player in NBA history. Mm-hmm. Like you are not getting bought up by anyone better than that. Like he is the bar. He said it, and he's still staying up to that. Think about being the son of of that guy. Think about like every day at school, everybody's like, "Oh, you're going to be the next LeBron," and then you make it. Yeah, to to be the player that Bronny already is in high school is is you know everybody's gonna say oh legenetics less sperm yeah i mean true but brownie's also an incredible uh shooter and he's very skilled he's a he's a he's a guard compared to Le- lebron plays like a guard but he's not a guard um brownie has a different build inside. yeah yeah lebron's a forward and, and brownie is more of a point guard and and he's very athletic and he um he has a great jump shot and he's very skilled and he's a really, really nice passer in the same way LeBron is. And so it shapes up to be a really nice player that a lot of teams need. And when I look at like, but here's the thing with you saying he wants, you want him to go back to Cleveland. Yeah. With the way Cleveland's team is shaped right now, I just don't see it happening. Because mm-hmm. that's a team. It makes sense. <laughs> That's a team full of young bulls. Like you got Donovan Mitchell, who's like 26. Darius Garland's like 24. Jared Allen's like 25. Like that's a young And I don't know if you're gonna want to mess up kind of that core, if you know what I mean. Like if you don't think that LeBron would go in and succeed, I I don't know if we're on the same wavelength because I I, I think there's not a lot of people that are. If LeBron James comes into your into your clubhouse into your club. Um, you're gonna listen to what the fuck he says because how however good Cleveland is, they need somebody to lift them up in the playoffs. Um, they need somebody to show them the way, and there's no better person to do that right now in the league than LeBron James. I don't yes. I'm not saying you want to have success there. I would purposely think we have success there. I just don't know how well they like, match. I just don't know how they match. Yeah, because that's fair. Like I said, like LeBron on the Lakers, he's getting a lot of touches per game, obviously, because mm-hmm. he's the best scorer on that team. I don't know if he's the best scorer in Cleveland. Mitchell, Mitchell's legit. He's not. LeBron's not the best scorer in Cleveland. Um, and if yeah. LeBron goes there, he might be 41 years old by the time LeBron gets in the NBA. Like, that's a 41-year-old man. Vince Carter numbers right there. Vince Carter numbers. Except Vince Carter played three minutes and could barely touch the net. Yeah, I mean, people expect LeBron to carry a load at, at 38. No other player in, in history has been uh, handed that task before. No other player in history. To be honest, I feel like he's got that task already in L.A. Because, like... That's what I'm saying really, right now. That's I mean, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis has basically been Mr. Glass this season. So, like, he can't... This season... Last season, um, more than this season. His career. AD still still took some time off. But, like, whenever LeBron does not have AD playing, um, he had Russ, except he got traded now. He's kind of just got a bunch of, like, middle-tier guys who can, like, you know, they'll probably get you a decent somewhat amount of points. But LeBron's still got to be the show. Because he can yeah. still create those points and assists and rebounds. For sure. 
Yeah. Um, I think we've covered everything really nicely, guys. I think this is just gonna, I think this is a great, uh, a great pod. Um, and I mean, if you guys are fine with it, um, I'm cool with that, you know, ending it right here. You guys have any closing remarks? Uh, WWE Elimination Chamber. It's in seven days, one week. Um, Here's our WWE Zane. segment. Hopefully, Sami Zayn wins the uh, the belts. I'm doubting it, but also I have a hunch. So that's all. I'll leave it at. All right, JT. And Duval, go Blues. Take for Bedard, go Cardinals. All right, all right, JT. All right, Luke. Just like really fried, or he's just dumb. Um. Yeah, I don't. Because I... <laughs> that that last statement was um that was rough. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, Luke, any closing remarks? Keep sleeping on Mizzou. Really, I, I promise you, keep sleeping. I love the underdog narrative. I remember the last time I looked at ESPN during like a game where I'm like, we're going to win this game and seeing us have a better win percentage than 40%. Like put, they gave us a 4% chance to beat Tennessee. Put some respect on our names. Facts. Truly, I, I seriously want some respect on our names. And that's a team that's going to, that's going to win a March game. I promise you they're, they're making it. it of March. I promise you. Besides that, um, NBA shaping up pretty well. Drafts coming up. That should be a very interesting topic for sure. Yeah. Besides that, man, I'm, I'm ready to go bomb a, qu- bomb a test tomorrow. Yeah, well, uh, on behalf of the show, we wish you luck on your on your test. And uh, thank you for coming on again. This was, uh, this was excellent. Thank you for having me. And uh, shout out, Jim. Happy 48th birthday today. <laughs> shout out, Jim. It's currently 116. Good for Jim. February 13th. We're battling. Um, follow him on Twitter at jtalor613, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Give Jim the follow. All right, Luke. Yes. All right. All right, man. I'll see you around. I'll see you, bro. Um, so just another really special podcast. I just want to thank you guys if you're still listening. Um, for, for listening. <laughs> I mean, thanks for listening, guys. Really, uh, I, I get so many texts um, from different people that are supporting me, uh, you know, saying, keep going, um, keep, keep doing what you're doing. And I love doing this podcast. It's um, become, you know, like something I'm trying out to to a hobby I have now, something I look forward to. If you want to come on the pod, um, just text me. Just let me know. If you don't know me personally, uh, DM me on Instagram. On pretty much all of my socials, I have a linked uh, a link tree, and you can find all of my socials there. Um, that being said, if you want to discuss sports, just uh, just let me know, and we can do that. We can do that on the pot or off. Uh, I love sports. We love sports here. This is the show that never ends. Uh, thank you for listening to Sports Society. <laughs>